you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Welcome everybody, I'm Derek McDonough, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and this is the Fanboy Planet Podcast. Uh, I'm podcasting from Studio B, and 20 miles outside of Gotham City is, of course, the podcast producer. Rick Brett Snyder, in the Brett Cave. Right, and I like when you actually show that, because then it's people, people know I'm not exaggerating, and, and, and if I didn't have the green screen up, uh, my backdrop would look very much like that too. Different books, I think, and, and maybe not so many games. But anyway, Those are board games. <laughs> yeah, no, I said I, I realized that. I said, yeah, I, I, different, I, not so many games. I have a stack of two. Uh, so anyway, uh, there we are. It's been a while. Welcome to episode five eighty seven, and we've got. Uh, so we want to talk. It's a. It's a week where we've got a topic that actually brings mushes all of our different. Uh, interests together i think comics if movies are even a thing anymore i, I don't even want to you know I, I can't even say that uh well but i mean they're still all on television so i'd say it's television at this moment you know I, they are still considered movies but yes anyway uh so before we do of course i do want to say that uh, if you've got any questions, comments, commentary, criticism, you can write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. You can also join the conversation by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram at fanboyplanet. And of course, if uh, we are going to be talking about books in this uh, podcast, therefore, I would say that if there are any uh, things that we talk about and you cannot find it at your local brick and mortar store, I think it's less and less opportunity uh, occasion where people can't go to their local comic shop. I think more and more are opening back up. Thank heavens we're there. Woohoo. And, uh, but if, if you can't find it there and we are of course affiliated with Amazon and, and with bookshop.org. And so if there's a direct link to bookshop.org that helps benefit your local bookstore. You can, you can claim that, or at least they go to regionally from where you are or Amazon, of course may generate. I, I like I, a couple of the sites refer to this as a bounty for us. So I, I like that. It, it makes me feel like I have uh, hand-eye coordination and skills that I don't actually have in real life. So we are going to do a pick of the week. I think we both read a comic or two in the past week or three. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, well, I you read all the time. Uh, um, I'm nobody's role model. <laughs> that is the new subtitle for you. You're not a producer. It's nobody's role model, That's, Rick Red Schneider. And we welcome uh, long-time <laughs> listener, not first-time poster, Brian Kent is, is watching. Uh, so hello, Brian. Uh, we do want to talk about this week, of course, uh, Jupiter's Legacy. Uh, there was a, a trailer that dropped. People got excited. It actually looked it looked pretty good. I, and I was paying attention to Rick's feed. He shared it on his Facebook feed and said, what I've been thinking is 
as good as it looks and with cast members, the few that I recognize that I like, I think Josh Duhamel, um, yeah. he did what he could against the Transformers, really. Uh, <laughs> you know, how good an actor can you appear to be oh, when you have to call Michael okay. Bay and fighting against giant robots? Yeah. Anyway, uh, but it all feels like at this point, <laughs> we've seen it. We've seen other, we've been in three to four years of superhero team deconstruction and the ideas of maybe they're not as noble as we thought there were. And I've even seen on Twitter, and this I forgot about, Image Comics years ago released uh, a series called Noble Causes, which was ahead of its time in this like 2004, 2005. I couldn't even tell you who wrote it originally, but it was the same idea of families fighting. To some extent, Kurt Buschek was doing with Astro City and with, with the, I can't remember what his Fantastic Four analog was, but it's this, it's this, you know, the same thing. But if you're only getting this stuff through television, and I know that many people do, that's, that's the thing my brother-in-law just asked, like, are comics still a thing? Because he watched a, a, a YouTube video about Marvel Man and was like, you know, does anybody still pay attention to this? And like, well, less and less are paying attention to the comics, but they're still ripe for all these TV series, right? And Netflix has been adapting a lot. So let's talk about this. Jupiter's Legacy, which was a Miller world uh, that means it's written by Mark Miller or created by Mark Miller, and then he has rotating artists that that contribute to the different titles. You are probably, if you're a comic book, or if you're not a comic book fan, uh, but are vaguely aware of Miller World, it did have a production bug at the beginning of Kick-Ass. So uh, Kick-Ass and The Kingsman, uh, I forget about that, is also sort of a, a Miller World book. Uh, so, yeah. But they're not published by Image. They're published uh, originally by Marvel. So that those are probably his best-known Wanted. There was that but the version of Wanted that's cinematic is nowhere near what <laughs> the original book was. I think it was A couple of affectations made it through, but it's not the same story. No, 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 no. Um, and that's a case where I'd say, man, don't even watch the movie, but find the, find the graphic novel. Oh, that's great. It's, it's great. Um, but, you know, so let's, let's talk about it. We were just debating what the actual first miniseries is under this, Jupiter's legacy, and I checked. I checked it out as we were in. So, Jupiter's Circle, which was parts one and two, came out in 2013. Okay. Jupiter's Legacy was at least uh, the first first book was 2014. So, and then the the real kicker here is. So, I'm looking at Jupiter, the last issue of Jupiter's Legacy two was 2017, July. And it ends with this notice, end of book two, we will return to... Reversed, you know that? You're reversed. Oh, oh I'm it, reversed? It says, for in the uh, trois See, Oh, it must be my camera. Uh, you know, I keep or, on... It turns out that Rick, and I've suspected this, is podcasting from the Bizarro universe. And now it all, Bizarro world, it all makes sense now. Me, I'm uh, not there. No, no, it's not. Nobody's oh. role model. That's <laughs> so. So, so anyway, the, so I've read Jupiter's Circle because I read the first one. Yes, there it was Jupiter's Circle is the one that's done in a very uh, 
Silver Age art style. Uh, I can't remember the name of the artist. It's right over here somewhere. Uh, Wilfredo Wilfredo Torres uh, was the artist. And even though um, the first series had uh, Frank Quitely covers, um, those I remember, and that's and it's credited. Juber's Le- legacy as a ser- television series is credited to co-created by Mark Miller and and Frank Whiteley. So right. even if those there's content from Jupiter's Circle, Jupiter's Legacy is a clearer title. Yeah, for the, whatever they're doing. The the um, what's interesting though is at the end of Jupiter's Legacy two because there was Jupiter's Circle one and two. At the end, and then there was Jupiter's Legacy one and two, because Millar would do like six issues and then take some time off, mm-hmm. and then come out with the next next part of the story. But it says at the end of 2017, it says Ju- Jupiter's Requiem begins 2019, and as a matter of fact, Jupiter's Requiem will come out in just a couple of months. I think it's July of this year. That's that's in standard comic form. Um. And, but if you go online right now to go buy the graphic novels, they've rebranded the whole thing. So Jupiter's Legacy 1, the graphic novel, is actually Jupiter's Circle 1. Mm-hmm. So this makes sense. And then, and 2 is, 2 is Jupiter's Circle 2, and then 3 is uh, Jupiter's Legacy, the one that, is the iconic name that they've picked up for. So let's just say right now, the way you're trying to explain this may be far more confusing and forgive me. It's from the bizarro world. Basically now you can buy four volumes of Jupiter's legacy, though they were not originally all called Jupiter's legacy. Right. And I suspect beyond the fact that they're naming the series Jupiter's legacy I suspect it's going to be much more focused on Jupiter's legacy than Jupiter's circle. And we'll get flashbacks to. Right. Because- well, I, I, the, the, and that's the smart way to do it. Yeah. Because what they're pushing is the young, uh, the next generation of, and I use the term loosely heroes uh, who are struggling with being the legacy characters. And so it, it, it is interesting um, that's what it is. It's four family members. Originally, they find a temple. Or they're high, they're they're high, they're college friends. Who See, I read this back in in yeah. thirteen or fourteen, and and a few things have happened since. The Superman um, analog has a dream about an island. They all go to the island and get powers. And he's literally called the Utopian. The Utopian. I, I remember. And he's he's somebody who basically lost everything in the the uh, twenty uh, the nineteen twenty nine stock market crash, and so their 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 job is to bring America back into its flower by mm-hmm. dealing with with stuff. So that the, and they, like the linear verse at DC, they age very slowly because we just mentioned they lost everything in the stock market yeah. crash in nineteen twenty nine. So these are now characters in their eighties and nineties. Right, uh, quite literally, but still played by Josh Duhamel with white hair, uh, and Leslie Bibb with with white hair, and you know, but they still look like they're in their late thirties, early forties. So and it, it's interesting because the the um, the Malarverse 
is now grounded in the real world too, because in the the for the first Jupiter's Legacy series, they start talking about politics and what Obama should be doing. Well, yeah, okay. So, I mean, I'm sure they've updated that, just as like the other things will say. Yeah. Um, that this deconstruction, this sense of things are difficult and aren't are people heroes fascistic, we have already seen. Uh, just like last year, Netflix put the October faction with, uh, you know, up against Lock and Key, neither series of which, unfortunately, I realized I, I never finished Lock and Key and I need to. But the reason I didn't was just because the pandemic hit. I was watching with my son and we have not been together since. So I know he's moved on, but I never went back. Uh, but but in the past two years now, we've seen uh, The Boys, uh, which though created by other people, Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson uh, is covering similar territory about what if superheroes aren't the shiny stars that we think they are. And, uh, and then of course, right now on Amazon prime invincible, but with, from Robert Kirkman uh, it's an animated series, but covering again, this very same uh, idea that there are just league analogs and, yeah, a very adult animated series. Oh, yeah, I should say of of these three series, I would bet Invincible is the one that pushes your sensibilities the furthest. It's it's the one you really want to look at before you let your kids watch it. No, 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 you don't want to let your kids watch it. But that's a weird thing in another conversation. It looks so bright and friendly. Yeah, and but so does the comic. Um, you know, but I remember that reading that for that the the first arc, and I think I bought it as a trade. And just going like, well, <laughs> all right. I think when Luke was thirteen, I said, "Okay, you can go ahead. I think you dig it." But I don't. Think, I don't think we went uh, any further w w with it. So once they get past this fir first arc in the animation, then I'm gonna is gonna be a surprise, somewhat of a surprise to me. There are things that I vaguely remember Nate talking about because, of course, unfortunately, we don't have Nate here as our Uber uh, Robert Kirkman fan. All thanks, uh, Kirkman. Well, I, I believe he's actually living in Kirkman's basement, and Kirkman doesn't know that. So, shh, I'm sorry, I wasn't supposed to say that. Uh, but, and uh, I can say, I saw Nate on Easter. It was, it was delightful, and he's got this wonderful long braid coming from his chin. It's, but I, I still felt it was wrong to tug it. But he promises I get to before he shows. <laughs> anyway, uh, I would say even to some extent, Zack Snyder's Justice League is also deconstructing this concept. And I think that, um, you know, a series that was doing it, but with a sense of fun, that at least still says that heroes can be good was The Tick. And I, I am absolutely 100% convinced that, that, that the reason The Tick didn't get a third season was because they had the boys lined up and Amazon felt that you, they couldn't have two shows poking fun at the same time, no, I mean, I, and I, I didn't think it's tragic because I, I think it took a while for that series, uh, that version of the Tick, to warm to for yep. me to warm up to it, um, because I think it's funny that every time Ben Edlund goes back to the Tick, it gets darker and darker and darker because he gets older and perhaps more cynical. You know that the the animated series was just goofy fun, almost like Batman sixty six, and then. Yeah, it's a little darker when when you get Patrick Warburton, and then this time around it was like, oh, I, I you know, <laughs> is there anyone sane in this series? Um, 
but I'm sorry that it didn't get a third third season because I, but I, I'm I'm sure it's because they said the boys is going to do it and that's going to be the one that gets better ratings, which I do also think that the boys probably has gotten Amazon Prime a lot more attention than than the Tick did. Yeah. So, I don't um, think people, I don't think the casual viewer knew what to make of the Tick. Oh no, absolutely not. Uh, you know, the boys are pretty much it's right there in front of you. Yeah. Uh, but there's another one updated. You say, you know, it was very much of its time as a comic book series, and now the television series, I think, does a, a, a brilliant job of commenting on what has happened in the world since. You know, it's things have shifted, and it's very much the series, TV series is of the moment as much as the comics were of the moment. Good Lord, was that a decade ago? I think it more than more than was. Yeah. Um, you know, so... To Jupiter's legacy, it's been an interesting marketing campaign because you talk about this, like the boys, I don't know how they got it to people's heads, except they're, uh, but like with Invincible, you've got um, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg producing. So I know that there are people out there that are following uh, Seth Rogen that I have, I, I'm not getting, I don't follow him on Twitter or anything, but but those names bring people to those those series. Um but Jupiter's Legacy, I, I don't think that Mark Miller, like I said, if you know Kick-Ass and Kick-Ass 2 and you know, um, what did I just say the other one? Oh, Kingsman. Um, both interesting series and interesting movies. I, but I don't, I don't think Mark Miller has become like the household name that they were counting on. I mean, it's Miller World. This guy does not come at, at promotion humbly. Uh, <laughs> so... So let's talk about it. the first. The first trailer I saw was one that showed Frank Quitely's art, like you know, being filled in, and then showing the actors. But I don't think that really gave people a clue as to what this series was. Yeah, and it's tough in a two-minute trailer to to get a real sense of something that's not going to be, you know, a lot of fast motion and explosions all the time. There's going to be some quiet moments and plot development in there too. And that's, that's where story gets told. I, I, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that I had just the previous night watched started watching. I'd watched three episodes in a row of invincible and, uh, the idea that, that we are looking at a, 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 a renaissance or a motion, a movement of telling, the real story behind superheroes or how they'd act in our world and what would be the real ramifications of politicians and business uh, dealing with them. And then, uh, you know, Jupiter's legacy is a little more about family uh, and problems within family and, and what doesn't, you got a little bit of the Kardashians in there and uh, <laughs> you do. <laughs> oh, I just threw up in my mouth. Thanks. But, but, but it, it reminded me a lot of like when dark Knight came out, and everything got kind of grim and gritty, you know. And this, I, I'm not, I'm not equating this as an extension of that. That was, that was more like our our heroes became brutal at that point. At that point in time, yeah. I'm, and, and and to to that to, to to move the conversation forward a little bit, I'm I enjoy it, but I'm kind of tired of it um, already. What the superheroes? They'd be just like us, but I'm tired of seeing that they'd be just like the worst of us. Well, yeah, yeah we've seen that. That's that's been the real world. So it's one reason in comics 
as much as I've liked Dark Knight's Metal, the main thing, there's their, the tales of the multiverse that DC does with like, what if this terrible storyline, things went even more terribly for them, you know, and we will collect this and charge you $7.99 per individual issue. I bought one. I bought one and I and I read it and went, oh, great. So you're going to tell me that it could have been even worse. Great. You bought more than I have. Yeah. Uh, well, I checked I, I checked a collection out of the library because I thought, well, maybe I'm wrong. Oh. And no, I was not. Um, but they got a little bit of my money. But I enjoyed, you know, like say the Dark Knights metal and, and all that. But Miller himself, I get it. You know, it takes a while to develop these series, especially when you consider that, especially for a live action, a lot of things got kind of put on hold because of COVID. But we were talking about, you know, I think there are more optimistic series that I'd rather see from the Miller World development. Oh, yeah. Which is... I, we've brought up Huck, we've brought it up on the podcast, which was a series that because I knew other Miller stuff, I was reading that every issue, as as you've reminded me a couple times, like, I'm waiting for you to twist the dagger in my heart, Mark Miller, and right. you didn't. When is it going to happen? And it didn't. And I'd want to see Huck, because that is about what if the best of us actually had powers. Which, by the way, let's say why Warner Brothers keeps messing up with Superman is they don't understand that it's not the story of a god coming to Earth. It's the story of the best of us having superpowers. Um, you know, So whether he on this Earth is Clark Kent or on another Earth, which we'll get that movie from Tony Hasey Coates perhaps, is Calvin Ellis, you know, the president of the United States. But So I'd love to see Huck. Prodigy, he's not Prodigy. necessarily the kindest of us. But at least he uses his powers for good, and I would love to see that. And there's a twist in Prodigy too that I went. I somebody can go back to the podcast where we were talking about it, and is like, there's a twist. And I went, God damn it! I'll bet that's how the world really works. And Miller just figured it out. And I thought he was going to be assassinated after it. He he did not. But uh, so he's still there. Prodigy would be great to watch. I would love to see that. They've got the magic order in development. We should say a little bit about Prodigy because it is about like the world's smartest man working on all the problems of the world in the best of James Bond and Doc Savage combined. Um, And there are elements of it that I think Miller borrowed. And this is, this is the other problem. My criticism I hear from people about any of these kinds of projects. And it's not just Miller. It's, you know, like, well, I saw so-and-so do this and, you know, this is straight out of this where the, the mental thing that like Sherlock did in. Uh, in the, the, uh, Dream Palace. Yeah. You know, the, the, that, that yeah. there's something about that, the mind palace. It, it is. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that there's an element of that in prodigy as well, though Miller's got his twist on it again, you know, and that's it. He's, he's, doing all these things it's a constantly exciting every every issue although if you're buying it as a trade paperback every chapter has yeah. some really great cliffhanger you're coming in the middle which is like a bond film and then these flashbacks that explain how kind of twisted and horrible it is to be the smartest man in the world when you're five years old and you know yeah. it's uh but fighting against uh, not an alien invasion, but an alternate universe invasion and still doing it in six issues. And uh, that was one, I was during a time where I was saying like, no, 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 I'm not going to pick up any series 
for a while. I got to cut back and I picked up Prodigy number one and was like, okay, no, no, no. I got to buy this on a monthly. You know, I, I can't wait to know, you know, and I did read it on, uh, for me right now, any series that I'm able to keep up with on a month to month basis and not like stacking going, oh yeah, that's where that stack is. And then reading it all that speaks to its quality. And the same thing was with Huck and the Magic Order. No, that one I bought, I read as a trade paperback. And that was the first of his books to come out as a Netflix comic, even though it was from Image. I think Image is still publishing them all, but Netflix owns the intellectual property rights to Miller Miller World. I missed that one. I didn't read I didn't read that one. The Magic Order is <laughs> it's strangely like Jupiter's legacy, only with Magic. Um, there's this family or this organization of magicians, many of whom work as stage magicians. It's basically this take on Zatanna and Satara, really, but that someone's someone's murdering the the order. And there's there's one son who has kind of been the ne'er do well and left the family, and they're trying to bring him back in because it's the time to gather the family around and figure out who's murdering everybody. So it's 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 really good. Yes, it feels a little derivative, but I would say, you know, the thing with Miller is that he, even at his best, it's like he's taking an idea that you've probably already thought, and he's just putting a spin on it, but there's nothing new under the sun. It's all about how people tell the story. And, you know, with the exception, I mean, even, even Huck, I would say, is, I mean, it's almost like what if Clark Kent had never left Smallville and you know, yeah. and, which was, I can't, the secret society of superheroes. I think Howard Chaikin wrote a take on that, like as an Elseworlds years before. So yeah, I thought it was even more charming. It was what if, what if everyone in Smallville knew Clark and, protected him, as well. and, and protected him? Yeah. It was it, which sometimes people have tried. I mean, there's, Awkwardly, that implication in in uh, Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, but poorly developed. That yeah, everybody yeah. figured that out and and protected it. But that wasn't the story Zack Snyder wanted to tell. And as talented, I will just say that as talented a man as he is, because he he does things I cannot do. Uh, it wasn't. A, I am not interested in the stories that Zack Snyder wants to tell. I'll watch him because I watch everything. I have a problem. <laughs> I know that. I have a problem. You're going to watch so, it in black and white, aren't you? No, no. Because you know what I don't have? Four hours to spend. <laughs> now, if I'm uh, doing that, if if uh, if and when everything is lifted and my wife has to travel back overseas for work, no, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> I, I, will, I will watch, uh, I will go through HBO Max's Godzilla movies because I have a woeful blank spot with with the kaiju films. And I was just explaining that to a coworker like, oh God, now I really need to watch the terror of Mike Mecha Godzilla. But do I make Stephanie watch that knowing that it's not to her taste? No, no, I don't, because I'm a loving husband. Especially uh -huh. after two weeks of Cinequest evenings of like, I'm gonna watch this movie and uh -huh. you go away. Um so anyway, let's get to pick of the week. An interesting sure. conversation. Look forward to whatever Jupiter's legacy is and watch Invincible and uh, and when the boys comes back and who knows what else is going to be out there. So let's go pick of the week. Uh, Rick, what comic? I, I actually have a pick of this week, so I'm very excited. that I'm I, I actually have. I took two because. Uh, fine, I'll do that. 
you you do, you do that too. But mine are mine are easy because their books. I've both both of them. I they've been my pick of the week before, and it's just every time I read these books, I I get more drawn into them. And the first one <laughs> in your backward screen is James Bond, Agent of Spectre. Spectre. That was your pick the last time we tweet. We I know, I know. This is just the second issue, and man, it's it's just so good. Um, it's it's not the it's not necessarily the Bond I'm used to. It's certainly not the Blofeld I'm used to. It's not the MI six that I'm used. MI five, MI six, MI MI six. No, you're like six D, but um, MI MI six is the organization. Okay. Um. But altogether, it they're they're doing a great twist on Bond without actually. It's not an Elseworld story at all, and this episode just hits the ground running after the all the the dialogue that introduced why Bond was going to do this, and I just I can't get over this. It's it's uh, if you're a Bond fan at all and you haven't been picking up any of the comics. Go ahead and start with this. You're not missing anything from the, there is stuff that's been in the, some of the previous ones. Um, there are characters you're going to recognize as a Bond fan uh, that kind of come unexpectedly on a cliffhanger. Uh, so, uh, I, I like I said, that one, thumbs up. Go for it. James Bond, Agent of Spectre. It'll surprise you and delight you. All right. Do you have another choice? Though? All right. Actually, oh, yeah. I, can, I can make a case for two. So, all right, I'll do the same. And uh, my first one is, let's see, am I backwards? I look no, you're not. To me, so that's good. This is really, I just, this was one that I just sort of picked up on the whim of, oh, it's there and it says it's new and I like Chip Zdarsky. It's called, uh, the book is called The Silver Coin. Oh, my God. You've just become, you've walked through the mirror uh, anyway, it's called The Silver Coin, and the story is called The Ticket, and it's by Chip Zdarsky and Michael Walsh. And so I then later, after reading it, read up that it is an anthology book around this concept of a cursed silver coin, but the, the, the flip of it is that the artist stays the same. The writer is different each issue. Okay. So Jeff Lemire's got an up, upcoming story. And the way it's structured, it does seem like Zdarsky has in his head uh, things that the silver coin could have could that could have happened with it before. Uh certainly could set, you know, I, I would guess one of the rules is you have to show how the silver coin would be passed on to the next person uh, as it goes through. And um, it's like the also like, what? It's like the YouTube videos where people hand things to the next yeah, brain. Yeah. It, it, so, but the art stays the same. So you don't have that. Uh, the visuals, you know, they, they, they are consistent. The coin itself is very odd. Like I'm like, nobody seems to have commented that it's this little, it, it does seem to be a golden coin with a, an eye, a single eye in the middle of it with lids and, and they're open and closed at different positions. I'm like nobody's noticing that this thing is like <laughs> the eye of the beholder from Dungeons and Dragons uh, or, or from, uh, from Big Trouble in Little China, that thing that they, right, the, <laughs> yeah. the beholder. So, but it was a, but it was a really, 
and of course that's why I picked it up because it was Chip Zdarsky, and it's just like it, it was a a great little story. And then I was happy this like oh it's an anthology. Okay, I don't if I, you know, if I miss an issue, I, I don't know that I'll be feeling terrible about it. But um, it was uh, I'll be picking up issue number two. I'm going to put it on the list because I want to see where this goes and. Um, and if it's an anthology, that's even better. Like if I can read it out of order, I'll feel so much better <laughs> because that's how the bags get stacked. Is this this week's bag? I don't know. So anyway, all right. What's your next one in the bag? Okay. So this was a tough one because there were two other um, martial arts books that I, I, I pushed aside and said, no, no, I love you guys, but this one is still the one that's drawing me in. And after 10 issues, if you're not reading Firepower, yeah, this is this is Kirkman at his best. I can't. I, I looked at it and I said, "Is it has it been ten issues already?" Because the story's moved so fast. But then you think about the story, and it starts off in the uh, in the martial training uh, area where the young American has be has. It's so cliche for comics. For comics, uh, martial arts. The, the young and American. By the way, it feels like Nate is here because we're just talking about Robert yeah. Kirkman every every third sentence. Uh, you know, so. But, but and then it moved it moved him forward in time to suburbia with his family, who have all got under they're all done martial arts because he's kind of like said you're, you're going to do this, and his wife, who's a detective. And then there's the attack from the unseen ninjas, and now they're back in the uh, they're back in his homeland, about to fight a huge ninja war. And the, the end of the the end of the episode. By the way, I want to call out: if you were a seen ninja, you're not very good at the job. No. Anyway, go ahead. But uh, Kirkman, the voice of Kirkman in the letters pages says, "Well, we're adding a couple of pages to the next issue, and then the, the issue that is double sized just because we can't get all this story into one issue." And I'm like, I love his voice. I love the way he explains how his comics work, and and it's just like it makes me a child again reading these stories. He's an excellent writer who is still comes at it somehow as if he is a huge fan, and. Yeah. And I mean, which is to say, he probably is. I don't mean to cast aspersions on him. I think that's what's amazing is that he can be so deep. You know, those are the creators I love that can be so deep in the business of how it works. Like I've talked to some editors in particular who say, like, you know, they're if they work for one of the big two, they have a difficult time enjoying anything from the big right. two because they literally somebody told me. I know how the sausage is made. I was going to write there, yeah. So, you know, he would much rather read somebody else's book because he's had no inkling and it can still bring surprises. And that Kirkman can do that and understand, hey, we want surprises too and we want quality. That's amazing. So I'm going to share then my my next book, uh, my, my second, is uh, because this is kind of oh. historic. Um, and this is a creator who, uh, a writer who is in the news this week for reasons he doesn't want to be ever, but in the geek news, and, and that is Jeff Johns. Uh, this is the first work of Jeff Johns outside of DC or Marvel. People forget that he wrote for Marvel a while back. It didn't take, it. you know, and, and I guess who knows how history would have gone if he had more of an affinity for Fantastic Four or the Avengers. Um or that fans had a more of an opinion for the way he did it. But uh, so Geiger is 
I'm I'm pointing this book out. It's published by Image Comics. It's from his uh, from his own imprint, Mad Ghost Productions. Uh, we've seen some Mad Ghost products, even if you didn't realize you did. It was the Three Jokers, supposedly, was Mad Ghost. I don't think the I don't think the branding was there anywhere because it couldn't be because it was black la- DC black label too yeah. many brands too many brands and uh, and probably and I'd say like the last half of Shazam was officially under the Mad Ghost era for uh, for Jeff Johns uh, and yes because we were talking about Justice League yeah he's getting attacked like crazy in the media for his work on Zack Snyder's Justice League but Geiger. I'm I'm a little torn because it's very quality. It, it's Gary Frank is the artist, and I love Gary Frank. And he yeah. had, and he uh, did Doomsday Clock with with Jeff Johns, and uh, has done many many other fantastic books. But that's kind of the most recent high profile thing. And this, I would have to actually ask my son about the plot because I've never played Fallout. But what this sort of started feeling, the, the opening of the book felt like Fallout. It's post-apocalyptic. Something bad happened. Uh, they're in Las Vegas. And everybody, they're foraging and they all have to wear anti-radiation suits. But there's this myth of the man who doesn't and uh, who can walk without around without a suit. Yeah. And so it's just, it, it looks beautiful. Uh it it just feels somehow familiar. So I I have a qualified give it a read because I suspect that it will turn into something um, that is one of of Jeff Johns' better works. And I think that when Jeff Johns is another writer, that when he's firing on all cylinders, it really it, it's really good. Like I, I I love his original Flash run. I love his. Uh, Green Lantern, I could have done without Blackest Night, but as far as an overall shape of, and, and uh, as an epic arc, it was a, it, it was great. Um, I'm not so hot on the Three Jokers. I'm not so hot on Doomsday Clock, but I bought them. I read them. I had fun. I mean, you know, but so Geiger, I'm not sure if it's in my oh Jeff, or is it? Ooh, yes, you got to read it. You know, so uh, but people be aware of it, um, and he's gonna be. Um, He's also signing other people to it. So he's, but like we haven't mentioned Robert Kirkman. I think I went two minutes without saying Robert Kirkman in this podcast. But Robert Kirkman has his imprint within Im- Image called Skybound, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's brought other people under under that, and some really interesting books that are not written by by Robert Kirkman, but curated by Robert Kirkman are have come out. And I think that's what now, though, wasn't originally announced this way. I think that's what Jeff Johns wants to do with Mad Ghost. So um, I'll leave the other things about what, what's going on out of it. Just saying is if you walk in your comic shop and I can say you can probably walk into Earth 2 and find copies still, still right now and only because uh, Jeff Johns is a, is a silent partner in the Earth 2 Northridge store. Um, but, uh, you know, so Earth 2 tends to, which you got to say, in Sherman Oaks, they curate very well. I any book that is on the stand, you know, there's like a pick of the week. I'm always happy, uh, you know, that I picked it up because I wouldn't have discovered the Department of Truth or crossover without them pushing there. So, and those are two of my favorite books right now, uh, along with To Be Like Nate Costa, Immortal Hulk. So anyway, um, you know, <laughs> still, 
anyway, uh, so that's that's it. We've recommended many books. We've recommended a TV a few TV series that you could read the books. I'm just saying. Uh, so probably should. You probably should. Uh, you know, I'll go back and and oh my god, but I've got a huge stack of things that must be uh, must be read, and we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, I, I got some novels to read too. Uh, so anyway, uh, thanks for joining us, those who are who are watching, and uh, certainly as I've mentioned before, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll see on Instagram right now there's a, a slow theme of Batman '66 kick going on this week because. Uh, Speaking of Nate Costa on Easter, he gave me the Life magazine with Adam West jumping on the on the cover, you know, doing that. Yeah, and I've seen that cover. I've never read the articles inside, you know, or anybody reference it. So here's the discovery, and and of course this would happen literally the day that I went. I left the Bay Area and thought I have no reason to go back anytime soon. Did you know that in 1966? In Sunnyvale, the Whiskey-A-Go-Go franchised club, so Whiskey-A-Go-Go like, like L.A., the guy who owned it in Sunnyvale, first of all, didn't know it was owned in Sunnyvale, um, turned it into Wayne Manor. And it was based on ba everything was decorated, Batman comics, uh, great bands of the time played. Tower of Power actually got their start playing at Wayne Manor. This is astounding. It's not wow. mentioned in the Life Magazine article, but I went down my usual uh, Google rabbit hole and went, "What?" You know, and people were saying, "Oh yeah, I know." Or my dad used to talk about that place. So anyway, it only it was only Wayne Manor for like a year or two, but it's in this Life Magazine article, and I think very funny that even though they put Adam West on the cover, they did not anticipate he would be that that the show would be that popular. So he's the cover story on an idea of it's a mad, mad world. And so the mad stage musical is mentioned. But the real focus, the intellectual thing is that Marat Saad play on Broadway. That gets the most attention. And I thought of all these things, not even Life magazine lasted as long in popularity as Batman 66. So I find, you know, that intellectual snobbery hilarious. Um I'm going to frame it and put it up in my new home whenever, wherever that may be, but I'm not putting it in. That'd be a good thing to frame. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's a, it's good. You got to frame it. You know, you got it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so thank you everyone for, for watching again, follow us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of fanboy planet. I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to, can we do it? Use your, Use powers, your powers for, for good. good. I don't know how big a lag there is. We might have we might have actually tied up tied it up there at the end. Well, we'll see. I'm going to rewatch this after after this. I'm ending the broadcast now. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.